0: child of God. And if you are a free child of God, you ought to make some noise this morning. Hallelujah. thing I want you to remember this morning is that there are a lot of people who call themselves a child of God, but they are just as bound as though they were locked behind some prison wall. But it's not everybody who can be free in Christ. To be free means that I recognize that I have been delivered, that I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer bound by the tricks of the devil. So I'm free. And the reason I know I'm free is because my hands are not bound. I can lift them up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the accompanying blessings. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You've seen our circumstance and you've already gone before and made provision. So we thank you for it. We thank you that you are our peace. We thank you, God, that you are the fulfillment of everything that we desire. God, we ask now that you would release your Holy Spirit in this place, that you would touch hearts, that you would change lives, open minds, in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning, God, for your soon coming And God, we ask that you would allow us to be a part of that great kingdom, to allow others to come in and be a part of all that you're doing this time, God. We just give you praise for it, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. What a wonderful season of time that we are living in. And I, I want us to think one word today, Increase. I want you to keep your mind focused on that. Increase. 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 And then as I talk to you about increase, the first thing I'm going to teach you about is decrease. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of John chapter 15. John chapter 15. The Bible says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Just those two verses. I want to talk to you on this thought this morning. Pruning for increase. Pruning. For increase, you can be seated this morning. <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I once read somewhere that in certain countries around the world, that when people are uh, of substantial size, it is an indication of prosperity. <laughs> Y'all looking mighty prosperous, prosperity? Uh, no, I'm. T- <laughs> that's. <laughs> Now that I got your attention. <laughs> My point is that that uh, Jesus, when he was teaching, always used whatever was available to make a point. He always used the natural things in his presence to use a uh, to make an a, a, a emphatic point spiritually. And one of the things that that uh, he did in uh, John chapter eight, the Bible says that, he was standing there in the temple and noticed that the, the, uh, the torches had gone out. And, and, of course, in his style of teaching, he said, I am the light of the world. <laughs> he went on to say that if you, uh, if you follow me, you won't ever have to walk in darkness. Because he wanted to teach you something. But what he was teaching is he was teaching those Jews who were standing around that The Old Testament, Shekinah had departed and that the new Shekinah was him. He says, I am the light of the world. So then when he got to uh, John chapter 15, he started to teach another I am and the final I am. And he said, I am the true vine. And then he made a distinction uh, between vines. And he said, there are two, two types of branches. He says the first one, of course, is that one that is the real believer, uh, the child of God that's free. He's talking about you. Amen. Amen. Then he said there was a second uh, kind of branch, and he said that's the one that pretends to be free. Come on. <laughs> they say, but they don't do. Now what he goes on to say, and, and, and the scripture says it this way, he says that every branch in me which means that everybody who's, as folks say, up in here in the church, (laughs) he takes away if it doesn't bear any fruit. In other words, if you just live a lot of lip service to salvation, he says, uh, eventually judgment's going to come and you're going to be removed. But he says that the other branch is, of course, one that bears fruit. And then he says this, and that's how we get to the text. He says that, he prunes the, the vine dress, he prunes the, the uh, branches so that they can uh, produce more fruit. Now, I know it's hard for us to understand that cutting back actually increases, but uh, people who know something about flowers, oh, wait a minute, I, can, I got a good audience here. People who know something about hair. Now, I'm not a member of the club. As folks say, uh, when I was young, I had an afro. As I got older, I had a half-ro. And then I cut it down, and I had waves. And eventually, all I had was beach. OK, you'll figure all this out. This is important. There's going to be a test, isn't it? <laughs> the reason that Jesus was using the figure of the grapevine is because in that particular time, the vine was a symbol everywhere of national Israel. And, and, and the Bible says that even at the gates uh, of the holy place, they had the symbol of the, the, the vine embroidered uh, uh, there. So the Bible says that the vine was a, a very integral part of of the Jewish custom at that time. But the Bible also teaches that in the Old Testament, the vine was a little bit different. If you notice in Isaiah chapter 15 and, uh, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 5, the Bible says this, uh, it says the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel. So Israel is represented as the vine. But there's a problem, because from that point on in the Old Testament, it continues to talk about the vine as being uh, degenerate. Let me show you this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 15. Okay, let me get there. I'm sorry. I said, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I'm sorry. I was close because I'm coming back to Jeremiah, so I'm close. (laughs) Ezekiel chapter 15, uh, there are eight verses there. Uh, The word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, how is the wood uh, of the vine better than other wood? In other words, if. If the vine, if the wood that's in the vine is is such a good wood, why is it not useful for anything? And I want to to drop down to verses 7 and 8. And he said this, this is what he said about the vine. He says, and I will set my face against them. They will go out from the fire, uh, but another fire will devour them. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. Thus, I will make the land desolate because they have persisted in unfaithfulness, says the Lord. So the Bible says that that because uh, the people were were of a degenerate nature, it was impossible for uh, God to have a lasting relationship with them. Now. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out a way to say this in a nice way, but even today, uh, The Lord is still having an issue with trying to have a continuous relationship with his people. Not y'all, but them other folk, they just won't do right. They're on for a little bit. They drift away. And he said that, 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 uh, well, let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 2. That's where I was trying to get to eventually, by and by after a while. Jeremiah chapter 2 and the Bible says in verse 21 and verse 21 yet I had planted you a noble vine a seed of highest quality how then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of an alien vine amen now uh, let me skip ahead a little bit and tell you that, that what he's saying, uh, uh, what the Lord is saying in the Old Testament, what Jesus was saying in the New Testament, is that uh, in order for you to be a prosperous vine, you have to stay connected to the root, the, the trunk. You have to. And what happens is that every time Israel, uh, like us, again, I have to keep talking about us, Uh, when they got blessed, they went off. Hmm? And that's why I say sometimes you can't handle prosperity. Now, I pray that's not you, and and I'm going to try to teach it out of you, not the prosperity part, but the being able to handle it. (laughs) Amen. You ought to be able to prosper without going off. Amen. Amen. Hmm? Because you get a new car doesn't mean you should ditch church. Huh? You get a job that gives you time off. You shouldn't go someplace, you know, like the beach or something. Not that you can't go to the beach. But don't you know, like today is the fourth. You know you can go to the beach from 11 till midnight. You can go to the beach. It's too hot to go to the beach right now anyway. Isn't it? So you should be right where you are, looking at me in the cool of the evening, morning, whatever. (laughs) But some people can't handle a blessing. That's why when people get money, they get real funny. Okay. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> so verse 2 says this. It says that, that, that this, 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 this relationship with Israel uh, illustrates the process of increase by pruning. So pruning then is the art of removing parts of a plant in order for the plant to be healthier and bear more fruit. Amen. All right? Now, I don't want to talk a lot about uh, horticulture because some folk in here might know more than me. I ain't calling no names. But <laughs> but I tell you what, this is what I do. So just, just in case. And, and so if I'm wrong, you know, you'll understand why. I learned enough about the subject so I can tell you what the illustration is. But I ain't trying to grow nothing because if I could, I'd grow some more hair on the beach. And 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 that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) But what the Bible teaches us is that left to itself, if you leave a plant or bush to its own devices, it will continue to grow. It will spread out. And what it's doing is it is seeking light. The sun. It is seeking. The sun. Which is what we should be doing. Looking for that spot where the sun touches us. But the problem is the Bible says that uh, the vineyard has to have a gardener. Because if there's no gardener, then the plant will grow wild. In other words, uh, well, it's like in my house, there's a plant right next to my house that grows up uh, every year. And, and I keep telling folk when they cut it back, get it off my house because I don't want stuff growing up the, the, the plant. you know what I'm saying? And coming up in. If I want you in my house, I'll invite you. Don't. <laughs> you don't. You just can't walk up in there just because you got four feet. I mean, you you yeah. <laughs> so I always tell them, cut that stuff off the house, so that the varmints can't get in there. Sound like we've been watching westerns, huh? <laughs> but there's a need to to control the growth. Now, 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 now. The other thing I know about uh, uh, horticulture is that uh, when you prune, it is for both quality and quantity, because what grows back, and and you know I told you about hair, right? When you cut it, it grows back thicker, supposedly. For a season, it grows back <laughs> thicker, and the texture is usually better. I. I I'm not going there, but, and some people the you. There's occasionally when the wrong end comes out, but you know how that works. But, but he talks about how we need to cut back in order to get an increase. Uh, now, 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 here's what I want you to understand. Uh, when he uses Israel, he's talking about Israel as first fruits. Now, whenever the Bible talks about first fruits, Then he says that the way that you get an increase is 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 by having the first fruits given to God. In uh, Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs chapter three. Since you're still in the Old Testament, back up about two books, three books. I forgot Ecclesiastes. Proverbs chapter three. This is what the Bible says in verse nine. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase. So he says, Israel is the first fruit of all the increase in the world. In other words, he chose Israel as his people. So uh, before, uh, you know, in this time of political correctness, I don't know if it's right for me to say it this way. But I'm trying to make a point so understand what I'm saying. So he says that the church then is the new Jew. Y'all understand what I'm saying? All right. So that being the case, then what he's saying is that uh, he chose us to be the first fruits of everything that would increase in the world. Okay. y'all understand this. So now here's what we here's what he's saying in Proverbs. He says. That uh, if you offer the first fruits, now the first fruit of all your increase, there's that word increase, increase, increase. He said the first fruits of all your increase. In the Old Testament, increase was either your income or your produce. Income or produce. What's he saying? He's saying if you work for a living. Then what you get paid is your increase. Now, I hear what y'all saying. Well, I ain't had a rate. No, 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 no. You got paid. Okay. If you don't listen now, if you don't have a job, you have some source of sustenance. Whatever that is, that is your. Increase. Now, what he's saying, and I know I'm in a different lesson, but it's in there. Uh, What he's saying here is that if you offer God the first fruits of your increase, then the rest will be blessed. You understand that? In other words, he's saying, if you offer me and I'm going to say the tithe of your paycheck, then the rest of the check is blessed. If you don't offer that, he says, the rest of the check, oh no, the whole check, excuse me, is cursed. Simple equation. You give me a little bit, I give you a lot. You give me nothing, I take everything you got. Y'all, yeah, write that down. I can't remember to say that again. But but, but but what he's saying is is that in order for there to be an increase, then something has to be given up. So pruning is taking away something that holds you back so that you can do more. Now Here's where the lesson gets really hard. The problem is that most people can't part with the first fruits. Because if you have a tree that's, that's growing uh, peaches and it keeps growing peaches and it keeps producing peaches and, and nobody cuts it back and, and you know, you know you just let the peaches keep growing and growing and growing. Eventually, the limbs get heavy. When they get heavy, they start uh, 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 getting less sap. Eventually, they drop off. And now, all those peaches that were being produced cease because you didn't take some of the peaches off the tree. Oh, boy, this is really good. (laughs) I'm jonesing for some peaches now. So, so, but you understand what we're saying here. So if you, if, if, if you have uh, money, let's just use money. I hate to use money because you know y'all don't like talking about money. I do, but y'all don't like talking about money. So, so if you have uh, $10, okay, and you can't part with a dollar, then what God says is that your $10 would never be enough to do what you need. Never, ever, ever. So you're always struggling trying to get $10. So you work day, night, uh, work two jobs. You know how folk do. And somehow you always come up short. Because you know folks say, well, I, I tell you what, if you, if you, uh, you clean that little spot up out there, I'll give you $10. And then when you go get, go, go get your money, and you say, well, you know, I had to take out a little FICA and a little <laughs> 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 No, I'm talking on the real side now, okay? So you, you, you get, you know, uh, $8.35. But you need, okay. That's, you know, that teaches right by itself. I really don't need to talk too much about that. But what he says is in verse 10 of Proverbs 3, this is the part I didn't talk about. He says, so this is so this is the reason why he says, your barns will be filled, not just filled, but what? With plenty Amen. and your vats will overflow yeah. with new wine. Yeah. So it's not just having, quote, enough. It's having enough to share. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Now now the thing that's, that's that's so good about this is that when he, he uses this here, he said that Israel was a degenerate vine, so he couldn't use it to do what he needed to do, which is build the kingdom. amen. But he says this that in other words i I, I did my own little paraphrasing, so i 'm going to just read you. It, this is what Jesus would say. He says, "You think that because you belong to the nation of Israel, you are." Uh, the branch of the true vine of God. But the nation itself is degenerate. Mm. Where have I heard that before? Hmm. Now that degenerate nation he's talking about is what we call the pseudo-church. I can't. Uh, Yeah, I can. It's independence, independence day. I'm independent today. I was watching this special on uh, TV the other night about the uh, insurrection in, on January uh, set, uh, 6th. And they had this preacher up there. I can't remember his name, but, but he kept talking about how uh, everything that uh, 45 said was true. The preacher. See, that's part of that pseudo church where people... Say stuff that they believe came from God when they don't have a relationship with God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say this. He says that uh, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Christ, there's no way that that you can uh, be connected to the vine, or to the uh, yeah, to the vine. I'm sorry, as a branch connected to the vine. So he says the branch cannot produce its own life. It must draw life from the vine. So he says it's our communion with Christ through the spirit that makes the bearing of fruit possible. In other words, you can't have any fruit if there's no sap in the branch. All right. And what happens is that a lot of us. Uh. We don't even know. And this is the problem. Sometimes you don't even know as a branch that you did. Because all the other branches around you look pretty good. And then what they've done is sheltered you. (laughs) Come on. Because their leaves and everything cover you. And then one day, y'all ever been walking in the woods? You see branches? That's because they... They disconnected themselves. Nobody went there and pulled it down. They disconnected. Oh, this is really good. I tell you what. And y'all trying to make me talk about people. That's what you're trying to do, but I ain't going to do it. Nope, I sure ain't. (laughs) So Jesus says, yeah, I can say that. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser, the gardener. So uh, the Christ is the vine, he, he is the vine, and, 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 and we are the branches, and Jesus says that his daddy, God, is the vine dresser. So notice that it is God who does the pruning. Are you still with me? Christ is the trunk. This is the tree. We the branches. Seed is always in the fruit. Come on, this is really good. The seed is always in the fruit. It is the vehicle for reproducing itself. Without Without a seed, you can't have more fruit. Without a seed, you can't have more fruit. Come on, let's go back to that first fruits again. Amen. Y'all, come on now, because see, here's what happened: we, we, we have the opinion that 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 whatever it is that we are producing is going to be sufficient for what we need. And what you're going to find out is that what you're producing is going to go away because there's no seed attached to what you're producing. Therefore, when yours is gone, it's You know, if if, if this was another lesson, this would be a good time to stop and tell y'all that, you know, uh, it's time to repent for all of that cheating y'all did with God. And it's a good time to tell you that you can't go back and make up. That's what most people think. I'm going to catch up. There's no way you're going to catch up. But you can start today. If you're not a tither or give offering if you're not one who reverence, references God, reverences God enough to give him the first fruits of all your increase let me tell you this to you you can start today I don't believe in that stuff of going on. I'm going to go back and catch up you can't catch up that's why you're in bondage right now but you can give beginning today and you can give God what's due today and guess what he'll start to turn it around today not tomorrow, not next week. And see, here's the problem. If I was one of them hard-nosed preachers, I would tell you that uh, if you wait till tomorrow, it's gonna be too late because you were disobedient and you didn't move while the Spirit was here urging you to do the right thing. But ain't that kind of preacher and this ain't that kind of lesson. That was pretty smooth, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I'm just having a good time today. That's all, is that all right? Yeah. I hope you all are having a good time because I want you to learn something while you're laughing. So the Bible calls the vine dresser the husbandman. I like that term. Some days, brother, I'll tell y'all in the men's fellowship what that really means. but it really uh, literally means to take care of the vineyard and the Bible says that his office is to nurture, trim and defend the vine now here's a problem you know I said something about uh, 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 branches that you see in the woods just laying there that (laughs) falling here's here's an issue sometimes uh, trees need to be pruned because They're diseased, or other times they have to be pruned because they've grown wild and they have to be cut back. But do you know that trees can also be injured by fallen branches? You know there's some folk that have fallen away that can injure you. Oh, yeah, y'all slow. The, let me try this side because I know y'all right on it, right? Every now and then there's a, 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 a pseudo saint who decides to fall away from the, 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 the uh, divine. And on their way out, they can hurt you when, when they fall. That's why they poison your mind with stuff when they leaving. Y'all ain't listening to me. No, they tell you a lot of junk. They ain't never going back to that church. Them people, they hateful, they mean, they don't love nobody. I'm leaving. Hmm? I figure if you leave and go. Confidentially, I've been told I can't say that. But the issue is, if you know, if you and your wife can't get along, then why are you going to tell everybody in the world that marriage don't work? No, your marriage didn't work. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> <And, and I, laughs> okay. Let me see if I can I'll skip some of this because uh, I'm running out of time. <clears throat> well, I need to say that. Hmm. Let's see. Okay. Uh, in the interest of growth, uh, the vine dresser has to remove branches that are dead and bear no fruit. So God will take from his church all professed Christians who give no evidence by their lives that they are truly united to Christ. In other words, you're not producing any fruit, then Christ has to examine to see whether you're really part of his church. uh, Are you just an an attendee? Are you a real saint? Notice the Bible says this. He says that the references to cases such as Judas, who was an apostatizing uh, disciple, And all false and nominal Christians, those who are on the fringe, this means that God gave uh, his son to be the source of blessings for everybody who would be a part of his church. Now, uh, let's ask the question and answer it for you. How does the father, God, how does he go about pruning us? Well, the way that he cuts away sin, and a lot of us don't like that surgery, he says uh, he uses the word, first of all, to convict you. Now, let me say this to you. The word will never convict you if you never read the word. The word will never convict you if you don't hear the word. Amen? And the second way he uh, uh, prunes us is by chastening. Oh, this is, the, this, this, this is a tough one. Hebrews chapter uh, 12. Let me see, I got that somewhere. It says, and have you forgotten, verse 5, the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Now, that's the first thing you have to understand. If there's no sonship, then there's no chastening. If someone beats you and, they, and you're not their child, that's just child abuse. <laughs> okay. All right. It says, verse 6 For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. So he loves us. Now, what does that mean? That means that there's stuff that he does not want us to be a part of. There's stuff that he does not want to happen to us. So he has to do something about it. Amen. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say this in verse uh, eight. If you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. There are a lot of people who can't be chastened. One of the biggest problems in Christendom today is that people cannot be chastened. Corrected. You want to know what the biggest problem in the church is? You can write that one down. People cannot be corrected. Come on. They are unteachable and they cannot be corrected. No matter how many times you say, don't do that. You say, well, I was just. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They cannot be corrected. Now, look at verse nine. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid respect to them. That's right. When my dad had beat me, I thanked him. Not then. (laughs) But I have long since learned to thank him because I knew and and, and, like I, I know for sure in my house, You didn't get a whipping until you really, really messed up. And by the time you got to that point, you knew you wouldn't get a whipping. (laughs) I mean, that was no expected. If you didn't get the whipping, you'd be surprised. So I understand that. It's necessary to correct children. The Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But a good switch will drive it right on out of you. That's my uh, interpretation. (laughs) So the Bible says that even those who bear fruit are pruned to make them more fruitful. Uh, And that while Jesus was talking, the Bible says that that very evening, Judas was revealed as a branch that the father took away and Peter a branch that would be pruned. So look, you had two situations. Judas was taken away. Peter was cut back. And what he had, he had to cut away some of that arrogance Peter had. Huh? That outspokenness. Now, there's nothing wrong with being arrogant or outspoken. At the right time. Amen. Hmm? Amen. When something was about to go down. I want you to be both arrogant and outspoken Amen. before I get hurt. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Y- Amen. Y'all going to figure that out. Amen. I don't want you sitting back saying, well, I, I saw it coming, but. uh, oh, oh how, how about this? Well, I thought you knew you were going to hit you. <laughs> you so psychic, you know I'm about to hit you too, but. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, y'all, let's get. (laughs) So. (laughs) 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 Write this down in your notes. Sometimes you need to cut something to grow something. Sometimes you need to cut something to grow something. Now, the other thing that Jesus teaches in this lesson is that it's possible for believers to abandon their faith and turn their backs on Jesus. Now, how do we do that? By failing to live up to their responsibility as Christians. Now, I know y'all remember the line in Spider-Man that with great power comes. Well, that he didn't make that up. That's biblical. And what the Bible says is that if you're born again, you have great power and authority. And along with that power and authority comes your responsibility to live as a saved person. You have a responsibility to uh, live a certain lifestyle in front of other people. Amen? The Bible says that Uh, You have a responsibility to abide as a saved person, which means you got to stay there. And see, again, if you get so far from uh, the vine that you are no longer receiving the sap, you are going to drop off. And what happens is when people get so smart, that's why you have to be careful in church. You get so smart that you are smarter than the preacher. So now you're no longer drawing from the sap-producing vine. You're just making it on your own. You read somebody's book. You heard somebody's sermon. And now you know. You know just because somebody says something and it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you, right? That's a real problem for us. I did this and that and the other, and the Lord delivered me. And then you try it, and you end up in the worst mess you have ever been in. You ever people give them testimonies, yeah, the Lord just took away the taste of alcohol. I ain't had a drink since. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but, but here's what I want to tell you. Don't you try I remember uh, 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 somebody, somebody told the story of how the, the person uh, went to, to this, this tent meeting and, and the evangelist said, uh, what, do you, what do you want the Lord to do for you? And, and she said, I, I, I need my eyes fixed. I can't see. I, 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 I'm having a hard time seeing. And so he laid hands on him, you know, and she threw away a glass and walked out and walked right into a pole. And, 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 and the moral of that story. <laughs> you know you heal when you can throw away your glasses and not walk into a pole. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say. The Lord healed my high blood. Well, don't throw away your medicine. <laughs> Listen. When the medicine messes with your high blood pressure, then you say, oh, "Oh, wait a minute, it's a problem." But as long as the medicine is, is, is regulated, don't you throw away the way to medicine? Well, I'm healed, yeah, but you ain't yet obedient enough to receive. Never, mind. I didn't say that. Uh, just, be just, 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 just be careful. Just be careful. Just be careful. Oh lord have mercy. Mm. They don't put the red numbers up there. <laughs> Those are not the numbers of Christ. <laughs> <sighs> ah <laughs> okay, let me, I'm going to read this then, okay? Can I, is it okay if I read? All right. Uh, your Heavenly Father is never nearer to you than when he's pruning you. In other words, he got to close up to cut you. Amen. Amen? Sometimes he cuts away the dead wood that causes uh, you trouble, but often he cuts off the living tissue that is robbing you of your spiritual vigor. You know what? You can be so blessed that that extra 15 or 20 pounds will keep you from doing anything. You see, now you know, to get see come on, now, you, now. I ain't got time to come on y'all get that. You can't sweep the flow cuz you out of breath. <laughs> so pruning does not mean not just mean uh, spiritual surgery that removes what's bad, it also is a cutting away of good so that better can come so you can enjoy, enjoy the best. Now sometimes, listen, sometimes Uh, most people, especially in church. See, you all had a good time laughing today. Y'all, because it was light, and and there's a reason for that, because you can get so stiff in religion, come on, that you're weighted down and you can't bear no fruit because you're scared to laugh or have a good time or smile because you think that's a sin. Amen. So you have, listen, you have to lighten up so that you can, Grow more fruit. Amen? Amen? So, the more we abide in Christ, the more fruit we bear, and the more fruit we bear, the more the Father has to prune us. And so, so, listen, that's the other part. Most people don't want to hear this. Pastor, you're saying that, that if, 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 here it is, if I become more prosperous, I got to give up more money? Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that don't seem fair. I work for it. Oh, shut up. (laughs) The reason he does this is because, here it is, the quality has to keep up with the quantity. The quality has to keep up with the quantity. If you're growing peaches that are this size, and then one day they're this size, and then they're like that, You might have more peaches, but you ain't got much peach. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so it has got to keep up. God is glorified by a bigger crop that's also a better crop. All right, and last but not least, here it is, uh, that if you stay connected to him, you're experiencing his love and ultimately, uh, you will find that you are living your purpose. That's the key right there. Because he cuts away everything that's hindering you grow, eventually you grow into what he's called you to be. You know what I'm saying? He may not want you to do certain things, so he, and it, the, the things that he, he's asking you not to do don't have to be bad things. Because we always think about the negative. Uh, sometimes, listen. Sometimes when it comes to money. For example, he may not want you to stop giving. He just may want you to stop giving to certain people, certain things, certain causes. This is, this is not expedient for you. This is not good soil. This is not good ground. Stop putting money in that because that ain't, it ain't going to produce a crop. So, so that's what I'm saying. He had, not necessarily he said that, that, that you get prosperous and you, you, you know, you 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 can't give but to one place and that's what we do all the time. we prioritize what we think is important, but God is the one that decides what's important amen amen, amen. amen. all right, so stand up on your feet i got I gotta stop uh, I'm going to talk to you very quickly because it is communion Sunday amen. I need you to understand that when the Bible talks about uh uh increase, the Lord's Supper is the perfect example uh, of increase. What? Because mm-hmm. the Bible is very clear. It says that uh, uh, I'm trying to get to 1 Corinthians. Uh, <clears throat> verse 24 says, and, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When you receive the body of Christ, uh, transubstantiation, when you receive the, the body of Christ, the Bible says that by receiving it, you receive the power, the authority, but also you also uh, uh, receive the increase of all that he is. In other words, he increases you. He increases you. And then the Bible goes on to talk about his new covenant uh, uh, in his blood. Now, now notice when the Bible talks about his new covenant, Most people have a problem with covenant, period, because they don't understand it. And people don't understand covenant because they think covenant has to do with people and covenant has to do with your relationship to Christ. And if you have the right relationship with Christ, it will allow you to establish relationships with people. But covenant must first be with Christ. The Bible talks about uh, new covenant is because the old covenant always talked about two people having to do their part. And we know that we keep our part. So Christ sacrificed himself so he could be both parts. He He decided to be both parts. He said, I'm going to save you. Come on, stay with me. And I'm going to forgive you. You can't save yourself. Some of you have trouble forgiving yourself. He says, i tell you what, we're going we're gonna to cut through the chase. I'll be both parts. He says, I'm going to be the, the new covenant in my blood. And that's what the shed blood is all about. It is about sharing his blood with us. So that it cleanses, it covers, it transforms, it changes who we are. So that blood is not just a one-shot deal. The Bible teaches us that that blood is still flowing from uh, heaven today. It's the blood of Jesus that is covering us right now. It's cleansing us and it's causing us to change who we are and what we are. And the moment that we become a partaker of that blood, as the Bible says that we now, listen now, remember this part. You now have the uh, ability to obey. Do you hear what I just said? Come on, let me try it on, on the A side over here. <laughs> the Bible says, call those things that be now. <laughs> You now have the ability, the authority from God to obey. So you keep saying, well, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Yeah, because the only thing you have to do is obey, listen, what you already know. Stop trying to figure out what's coming next. Do what you know. Amen. You do that part, Christ will do his part. Amen. So let's prepare ourselves for uh, the celebration of communion. Okay. Oh, he had hiding it from me. <laughs> All right. Now, I know this was a whole week ago, but I talked to you about this last week, right? The Lord's Supper. So I really don't need to teach it again, do I? Okay. Now, in 1 Corinthians, where you find the record, I remind you that 1 Corinthians is the the actual giving of the communion message, because even though Jesus celebrated it uh, before his death, Paul says that, The disciples didn't understand what was going on at that time, but Christ himself imparted this to Paul during his transition. And that's why he gives us the firsthand record. So verse 11 again says, uh, take, eat, this is my body, which is uh, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me in the same manner Uh, He also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's eat and drink in remembrance of the authority we have received because it is God who grants the increase. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, you may notice that we did not go through a process of saying, uh, you know, that if you, uh, if you have any sin, you know, that you need to be clean. Uh, i want to tell you this. First of all, I believe that each one of you uh, has had an opportunity when I stopped in the middle of the message to to repent. If you did not, then nothing I say at this point is going to make a bit of difference. You hear what I just said? Now, having said that, I do believe that uh, we come to a place in Christ where we need to seal this service, this thing that we receive this ability to grow, to increase. We need to seal it with with, with a prayer of agreement because I'm sensing that the time that we're in right now, this season right now, right where we are, is a time of increase. If you want your plans to work, this is the season. You want your life to change, this is the season. Listen, you want your bills paid. This is the season. And the reason this is the season is because we have just come out of Egypt. We've been in lockdown. We've been bound up. We've been uh, quarantined and all kinds of teens. And now the Bible says we're coming out with the spoils You can receive your health back. This is the time of increase. Amen. We're going to pray in just a minute. Let's see what Pastor Barbara has to add to it.
1: anything to say and yet while i'm standing here the lord said i need to say this and and the reason i guess show some emotions is because i went through it and there's some of you in this place the same place not this building but the same place where it's time to move and you're holding back i did this for a long time people would call me and tell me what the Lord said. And I said, okay. And I claim we got disconnected because I couldn't hear what they were saying. It didn't work for me. I said, I don't know how to do this. I can't do that. I don't know what they're talking about. And stuff kept happening in my life. I mean, I went from one situation to the other, terrible stuff. One time it was so bad, I couldn't pick my baby up from the daycare because I'd pass out, and I didn't know if I was going to be driving and pass out and hurt him and me both. So I'd get somebody to pick him up because he was working and bring him into the house to me, and I'd drive myself home, and sometimes I'd have to pull over to the side of the road because I got weak in my body, and I would pass out. Then I would come to and drive home. My blood count was so low one time that the doctors could draw a vial of blood and I would had to stand in the doctor's office at least an hour or more to regain my strength to be able to walk. This is the things that were happening to me because I was saying, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And some of you all in that place, stuff's happening and you're going like what is going on it's time to answer the call i found out that i could not do it because i thought i had to have the ability to do it but i gave up because i was dying i couldn't eat food my body wouldn't digest it i was losing weight uh since canon knew me in that time period Walk. we work in the same office walk across the floor pass out somebody I come to somebody with had my head in their lap All kind of craziness because I was protecting me It don't work hmm. I had no idea that you all were in my life at some point y'all all oh, y'all was gonna show up And I'm standing here this morning going like, y'all look so good Cuz I was in a mess. I didn't know y'all nor did I care But one day, I got to that place where I knew I wasn't going to be around because I couldn't keep food down if I didn't do something. And I just said, Lord, I need some help. And that's all he wanted me to say. From that point on, I became like a sponge. I couldn't put my Bible down. I would be at work with the Bible. I'd give what we call at a time a general aptitude test battery, which measured your IQ. And I would read the instructions to the people taking the test. And I would say, ready, begin. And then I would turn to my Bible. This is how hung up I got. And read my Bible. And I tell them, stop. And I go to the next thing. I could not put that book down. I mean, I just loaded up round, round the clock everywhere I went. If there was a break, I had my Bible. And, and, and I look back on it and I thought, why was I doing that? Because God was working. I had no clue what was taking place. God was working. So I want to be encouraged to you this morning. Don't worry about whether you can do it, whether you have the monies or the know-how or the friends or family. My family kicked me to the curve. I mean, I was totally disowned. They didn't call me, they didn't write me, nobody made contact, I was by myself. I was married in, but my sister, my brothers, and we all were very close and today we are close. I had to tell people this, it's okay to leave your family, God will hold on to them. He'll raise you up and send you back, they bring them out. But everybody can't stay in that situation. Somebody's got to come out to get the other ones out. And that's what he did to me. My family is saved. All of them, my sisters, all of them. I kept praying and kept praying. And little by little, one would call me. Something happened. They knew I was praying. Something happened. They would call me. And little by little, God got us connected all over again. And all of us saved. Come out. Walk in what God has for you. I know some of you. I've stepped in your presence and felt the anointing of God on you and you don't even want to feel it. I'm going like Jesus. Something's going on here with you. And you just want to run come out. It's a season. God is with you all the way. You don't know the blessings that are flowing in your life. You don't know what God has in store for you. I don't care where you came from, what you have been through, or what somebody said. You can come out and you can come out in a glorified way that God get and people know it. I've had people say horrible things about me. But you know what? In the end, they knew who I was. I didn't fight them back, but they knew who I was. Because they were saying those things to see if I would respond. Come on out. God got some people that will stand beside you. Pray with you. Encourage you. Come
0: on. And again, I say, you do have the power to obey. Mm -hmm. So whatever God is speaking to your heart, this is the season. Now you can wait. As folks say, you can go home and pray about it. You can fast about it. But I'm telling you, you're gonna miss God. You better get up and as God said to Moses when he was at the Red Sea, stop praying. Put your feet in the water. Do something. Y'all understand this I'm not telling you to stop praying period but I'm saying stop waiting on God God, you can't wait on God. God God's already doing what he's doing you need to do what you're supposed to do yeah somebody say well I'm still waiting no you're not still waiting you are moving in God now you may be waiting for that manifestation of a certain thing but that thing comes as you continue to move you gotta keep moving gotta keep doing you may not see it yet but it's already done amen
1: amen i, I say one more thing see, don't think about being in a poor preaching y'all that ain't that ain't for everybody we all have different callings somebody has to be the doctors and the lawyers and the computer experts i mean let god use you where you 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 know what you do and you do well some of you are writers. I mean, I can give you a piece of paper, some fix it, da da da. And they'll write something down and I'm going, wow. And they didn't give a thought, it just went on paper. I've seen it in you. It's time, just, just do what you do.
0: Just do it, amen. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, I thank you for this season of increase. God, as we come together as your corporate body, I ask that a special anointing be placed on your people. You gave the word years ago that every person who came under this umbrella would be blessed. So, Father, we know and have seen you honor that word. So, we're asking right now that you would allow them to recognize your power in this place. Give them the knowledge of your authority as saints of God and allow them to move in the power that you have placed in them. God, we thank you for purpose in every saint. Reveal it to them, God, that they can walk in it. And we thank you for it. We thank you for corporate uh, fellowship where the body comes together and God, all the pieces assemble as one so that we will be the church that you call. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it.